Hey everyone, welcome to Quality Matters. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. And we have a guest on with us today. We have Melissa Bassnight. She is a quality manager at Titronics, right? That is correct. And what's Titronics? That's what I was going to ask her. Titronics is a medical device software development company. Medical device software development company. That's mm-hmm. a mouthful. So we do contract uh, programming. So y'all don't develop any medical devices. You no. work on the software for the devices. Correct. That seems a little more um, important and intense. Because doesn't that program the devices? Yes. So all the software that goes with in them, mm-hmm. program them. If there's a database, all the data is going to dump to or whatever that's what we do okay that could be a whole other episode sometime talk about everything involved there it could (laughs) (laughs) all right but one of the topics you threw out to discuss was document writing yes and so i wanted to talk about that because kyle talks a lot about having your processes written down and your manuals in place for a qms so What's involved? I don't even know what questions. <laughs> In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Yeah, well, I've been in uh, a few companies where, you know, they had a process, but they hadn't looked at it for a long time. So, you know, when you go back and you start auditing the groups and, and ask, well, what do you do? And they tell you, like, yeah, but this doesn't match what you've written. Mm. Um, or I've walked into companies where there was no quality system whatsoever put together. So it's just going through, what are you doing here? You know, what do we need to know? What do we need to be able to have, you know, people know so they can do it repetitively, you know, and accurately. So writing up a process to be able to do that. Okay. <clears throat> so really as simple as it sounds. Yeah. Or maybe not as simple as <laughs> yeah. it sounds. I well, I guess it depends, right? So you're talking about, say, say equipment, right? So sometimes I can get a little uh, complicated, right? When you're trying to like, oh, I'm going to use a HPLC or I'm going to use, you know, uh, packaging equipment, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends. So, yeah, I've done all that, but it just, yes. So it kind of depends. Sometimes it's just really easy, like, okay, I'm setting up a CAPA system or a document control system or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. So then writing that like how is that gonna how's that gonna go who's gonna do what you know who's gonna be the approver who's gonna you know all of those things so is it easier kyle was talking this weekend to come in where they don't have anything written down Mm -hmm. and start from the beginning or to come in and revise something that they've already have in place i argue it's about as much work either way you just have to attack it from a different angle we're supposed to let her answer. Hey, I'm just saying this. My, right. That's my I, thought on it. And I would have to agree with the whole uh, changing it once it's already there. Because it's the mentality of this is the way I've always done it. I don't want to change kind of story. But then if they're not doing what's sure. written down. Well, there's that part of it. But, you know, yeah. but if you're looking at the 
process and saying, okay, well, now I'm going to streamline it. Now I'm going to change it. Now we're putting in a new piece of equipment. We're doing whatever, you mm-hmm. know, so now we're changing it. So that makes it a little difficult. I don't know. Yeah, I think starting from the beginning, then you can create right from the beginning. Is and easier? I think so. Because okay. you can say, you can establish what it is that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Then how do you make sure that people do what is written down? Well, yeah, that's the auditing part. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a whole other end yeah, of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's auditing them and making sure they're following it. <laughs> so when you go to, to write, write, you know, whether it's procedures, work instructions, uh, manuals, like whatever it is, how do you go about identifying what, what their gaps are? Like where, where is it that they need things documented? Because what I've seen with folks that aren't, uh, you know, haven't worked in a quality management function before is you throw something out there. Hey, you need to write a procedure for this. Mm -hmm. They have absolutely no clue where to start. How do you decide that that starting point and and what the the finished product should look like? I sit with the group and and ask them, I guess, if it's like, say, a process that they've been doing that's just not written down, then, okay, just walk me through. What do you do? And then you know, I flash out of what they're doing and then kind of write a procedure around what it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, there's some cases where it's like, yep, we've never done this before. So, you know, just knowing, been in the quality systems for many years that you kind of already know, say for a Kappa system or whatever, mm-hmm. you kind of know. And so writing out the basics that you have to do and then try to write something around that of who's going to do what and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Uh, I think it kind of depends. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you can. You can have stuff like a, a lot of, uh, especially like machine shops that we work with, they they have a corrective action process, but it's not at all defined. They just know right. it broke and I'm tired of it breaking, so I'm going to fix it so it doesn't break again. Right. And there's that, no documented system. Like, exactly. Like, oh, okay, fine, I'm, I'm uh, doing some kind of investigation, but right. if you don't document it, then you, it could happen again and nobody knows what happened and how you fixed it last time. And obviously whatever you did, didn't fix it. Right. <laughs> but then you can have on the flip side where, uh, you know, most of these shops, they know how they communicate the work to folks. They know how they communicate the tasks. They know how they, they, they perform the checks. But again, generally speaking, they don't have anything documented, but those are ones where you could just kind of jump in and say, okay, tell me, tell me about what you're doing. Mm. And you can almost take, you know, a page of notes and make it a little more uh, wordy. You've got a procedure. Right. Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask. How detailed do the procedures need to be? I've worked at a company where every possible scenario that could happen was written into the procedure. Oh, wow. And that feels were... like something nobody would look at. Right. There's <laughs> that, right? So when you've got that many pages and like something else happens and now, oh, got to write that into the procedure to say, well, this is how we're going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, then, you're not really relying on your supervisors or whatever to make mm-hmm. decisions based on things that happen. I think there's an overall process you can write, and then the things that show up, then you deal with them, because they're always going to be different. Right? Mm-hmm. It's never going to be the same. And so trying to write something around each and every possible scenario that could happen is just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it very wordy. It does. It Well, and it kind of depends on the culture of the organization, too. Like we said, like, you know, you could write it so detailed that really your, your management is only there just to make sure that the procedure is being followed to a T. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they really have no real authority, no no uh, no innovation, no ideas. It's just really stagnant 
boring, dull place to work, mm-hmm. which is fine for some operations. So you kind of have to decide like, like where you want to go. You know, I think about when I was in college, I worked for a, a call center for a while. That was terrible. But <laughs> it was an absolutely horrible job, horrible job. Um, but they had, you know, every single possible answer that someone could say keyed in. So as you're going through the phone call, you're looking at your prompts. They, they said B, and that tells me what to say. Mm-hmm. They said E, tells me what to say. They said A, tells me what to say. Okay, hang up the phone now. Hang up. <laughs> like, I didn't well, yeah. get to think. And I think for those kind of things, th- that makes sense, you know? Yeah. But if you're talking, in, you know, <clears throat> an actual process where, you know... You have to sometimes think on the fly. You can't yeah. mm-hmm. put every possible. So do you scenario. have, a, I'm always curious about people's preference on this. Would you prefer to have one really large procedure again? Let's say that you want to list out all of these contingencies and you want to list all the single steps. Would you rather have one 20, 30 page long procedure or a little three or four page long procedure that references multiple maybe work instructions or other documents? I think people lose interest when you start reading this 30 page document and then they, you know, then they just, their, their attention span just turns off. So Mm -hmm. to me, that's kind of a waste of time, you know, cause yeah, I mean, I read regulations and guidances all the time and after a point, okay, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's just too long and wordy. So, you know, how do you break it up where then people are going to read it and understand it? And that's Mm -hmm. the thing, you know, make it simple enough that people understand and yeah. I, and a lot of things too is just making sure that they understand why they're doing it mm-hmm. yes and i think there's a lot of times that people just like write something but don't even explain why mm-hmm. this is happening mm-hmm. and, and i think people like to know that i do yeah. i agree um, just to explain to me why i'm doing what i'm doing you know it mm-hmm. just sounds like busy work or something but there's a reason for it you know yeah. and finding out what that is well, what's fun, though, too, sometimes when you go through and analyze what folks already have in place and then what feels like busy work, you realize is for some problem that they identified 10 years ago mm-hmm. that might not even exist anymore. You've got like these ghosts of old systems layered in there, mm-hmm. and, and that can be uh, sometimes a little, a little difficult to dissect out, too. Yeah, and I've seen like a lot of workarounds, too, uh-huh. where something doesn't work quite maybe the way you want it to or whatever. So there's all these different workarounds instead of solving that problem and moving on and moving past it, you know, mm-hmm. you're trying to create all these workarounds, which then it becomes so much more complicated. Oh, well, and that's easy to, uh, to run into a software development yeah. as well. Oh my gosh. You can have so many stinking workarounds. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I recently, well, maybe not recently, sometime last year, Kyle asked me to write, procedures on accounting and yes. payroll and things that which is all new to me and I said well how much detail do I need in it he said enough that somebody else can step in and do that mm-hmm. and it was funny to me because then like for a couple months after I would go find those procedures because I'd forgotten what I'd done uh-huh. the month before yeah. trying to figure it out and it just reminded me when you were in elementary school and you had to write like a how-to paper and everybody would do like how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you would leave out simple things like get the knife <laughs> yeah but well and some of that too again this comes into the culture side of it is who is going to be the recipient of that procedure? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is the recipient of that procedure going to be an entry-level person, or is it going to be someone with 10 years' experience in accounting? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're running that procedure for your six-month future self, 
well, it needs to be written for kind of a little bit of an entry-level type position. But on the other hand, if you're writing this procedure because, you know, we had a, you know, windfall, you know, for the next six months, and we're going to hire this professional accountant to come in here, probably be a lot less detailed. But then what if we lose that accountant? That's a good point, too. But then that, I guess that gets into a, more of a, a training program. But you have your beginning point mm -hmm. of your procedure, which is more detailed. And, yes, you can change it. And that's the thing is continuous process improvement, yeah. right? So keep, you know, as you keep running through it, then you go, oh, I forgot this or I forgot that or, you know, whatever it is. And then you add that in. And, yes, maybe at some point, you know, it doesn't need to be quite so detailed, but you still have that beginning point. True. So you can go back to that. I just wonder, you know, because I don't think like you guys do. <laughs> So I wonder how many people are keeping up with their procedures like that, that are making the changes necessary as often as they need to be made. Yeah, I don't think there, there probably is a lot out there that have not kept mm -hmm. up. <clears throat> so um, that's why, well, there's a clause in the uh, CFR about going through mm -hmm. and looking at your procedures every so often, like you know, like every three years or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I wrote that into my document control right. <laughs> procedures, you know, to make sure that if it hasn't been touched in three years or whatever, you know, the, the subject matter expert or the head of that department needs right. to look through it and make sure is there anything that needs to be added to it? Like, is there something that I don't know about that maybe got added? But then that goes back to, is the new person reading the procedures to see that they need well, to go and edit is, them every well, three years? What we've been adding into our QMS software just in the last week mm. is uh, for folks that are in the, uh, the medical and food safety world, because they do have this requirement for a review of their procedures, whereas... Mm -hmm. API doesn't give a, doesn't give a crap about it. You know, the most most of the world doesn't have any requirements how regularly review these things. So we're putting in a counter in there so that within you know every one year or three years of that procedure being reviewed, an email blast goes out saying, "Hey, we need to check this and, mm -hmm. and make sure that it's still applicable to us." Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you don't have people getting uh, onboarded reading the procedures and you don't have a software system in place to do the remembering mm -hmm. and thinking for you. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, I've seen a, a lot of shops I've walked into where they might have had 40 procedures and they were all on Rev 1 from 2012 or, <laughs> you know, even 90-something and walked into one shop where everything was still from the 80s. And I'm like, I'm going to bet something's changed. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but when, you know, when you think about it, when you're doing auditing, you should pick up this stuff. Yeah. But you're not necessarily going to look at every single procedure each and every time. Correct. You know, so you're going to do a random sampling, and then you're going to pick out different processes. You're going mm -hmm. to go through it. So depending on the size of your company, too, you could have all kinds of processes. You might not get to that one, yep. you know, within a year or whatever. It all depends, you know. So I guess that's the point during the audits is you're supposed to catch things like that. Oh, where right, right. it needs to be updated. Well, it kind of depends on your audits, too. Mm -hmm. So there's the audits where you're doing like a process audit where you're actually sitting, watching them, making sure that it follows the procedure. Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on how you're going to do it. Are you just going to look at documentation? Or are you just going to say, right. you know, um, in general, are they doing what they're supposed to be? It depends on how detailed you're going to be within your audit. Yeah, because if all you do is documentation audit, all you're checking is what what do they have documented versus what's the standards requirements. Hey, this procedure is compliant. Mm -hmm. Now you might not be doing diddly squat according to that procedure, but yeah, it's just a just a document review. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, one of the comments I 
my auditors at one company, I had one doing documentation audit and I had another one doing process audits. Hmm. So it seems like companies really need both. Yes. Yeah. Well, anytime uh, the internal audits that we do, always it's always a process audit. I, I never do a document document review. That seems pointless. What? To just do a document review. Uh, not necessarily. If you've got some really strict customer requirements or some really strict, uh, like with safety stuff is a big deal. Well, same thing, CFRs. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to just different what CFR are CFRs. Y'all, y'all have both thrown that out. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's a federal uh, code of... Um, Code of Federal Regulations. So, okay. and they take in OSHA, uh, pharmaceuticals, med device, clinical, um, EPA, FDA, yeah. you name um, it. All the other ones. I mean, biologicals. You, you name it. There's a there's a regulation on tobacco, firearms, mm-hmm. all those okay. kind of things. There's there's something on each and every one of them. So, whatever that FDA oversees, there's a guidance or regulation mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. that. So the okay. document review can come in real handy when you've got those really specific requirements to, to review. Because at this moment in time, if this procedure doesn't have all the compliance requirements in it, I, I can't care at all what the people are or are not doing yet. Because mm-hmm. i got to have the document okay. good. When you're looking at batch records, too. Yeah. Right? As an example. so or, or incoming inspections, things like that. So you go back through, you look at it. Yes, somebody's supposed to review them. But it's a good every once in a while to kind of go back through. Is everything really there? Uh, Kappas, are they actually completed? The effectiveness check done? All of those things that are going on with your documents that to make sure that it's all there. Okay. So other than process procedures, like what type of documents do you get involved in writing? Well, I've done, yes, equipment, and I've done process. That's, well, and specifications like incoming, mm-hmm. you know, materials, um, you know, just creating what we're going to expect against purchasing. I mean, you name it on that. Um, you know, validation protocols, those kind of things. It just all depends on whatever company I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> whatever I'm going to get to do. <laughs> so I guess last question here, because I run into this slide as well. And this all ultimately boils down to, to preference, really, because the, the standards don't have specific requirements for it. When it comes to a, a, like a quality manual or health and safety manual, do you prefer to have the, the one big document with all of the processes outlined? Or are you more of a fan of the five or six page long manual that's just a, a reference? I've never seen a five page quality manual. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, it, sure, it probably depends on what type of company it is. But when you're talking like a medical medical device, mm-hmm. well, you know, a pharma company, you're looking at everything you're complying to because the quality manual is more with the ISO and now they don't require it. But right. um, when you're looking at it, it's more of an outline of everything. So here's all the things that we adhere to mm-hmm. within the standard. So it's like walking it through the ISO standard and CFRs and, and looking at that saying, okay, these are the things that we're adhering to. And this is the procedure that we have that does that. So it's not like regurgitating what's in every single um, procedure or anything, right. but just an overall, this is what we do to comply to this. Because yep. you have so many. <clears throat> right. You have to right. have. So yeah. you have a lot. So, yeah. you know, that it's already going to be a big one just going through each and every standard. Like, this is what we do to comply to this. So when you're, when you see this, you know, ISO standard, it's a, it's a couple page document already. So when you're taking each and every step or, or section out of there and explaining mm. how you do that, then it becomes a little longer. Yeah, and well, and it, it's it's helpful when the manual is more of a reference of your system than an explanation for your system because yeah, it gets really annoying. We have to regurgitate everything that's in that procedure. It's like, mm-hmm. take them, just 
go read the procedure. Right, right. But it makes it so much easier on the uh, the auditor because mm-hmm. when your auditor can come in and you hand them that manual and it doesn't really have much meat or context to it, mm-hmm. they, they can't really – they can't issue any findings against the manual. <laughs> but then they know – well, yeah. Well, not – yeah. <laughs> not like they could digging through, you know – Fifteen page long procedure or something, but right. um, and it provides a nice outline, and you can very quickly show here's you know the entire context of our organization right. in, in a single document. So right. yeah, I mean like in the medical device side, right? So you got the sterile, right? right? Well, we're a device company, obviously. I mean a software company, so obviously you're not going to have sterile products. Right. So in that that section is you know explained, and then mm-hmm. it said, okay, we don't comply with this because we don't have this mm-hmm. so and that's so then they know i'm not even going to look at this okay you know, to yeah say, well where's this where's that you know, right it, i've already explained this is not something that i adhere to because i don't have that right right well any other questions you got on uh document got, writing here uh, n- no i'm glad that this is something y'all do it's not <laughs> it's not for me <laughs> Well, this is generally, for, for for me at least, is this is the first step when you do any type of a, a consultation project, mm-hmm. is like, if you don't know what documentation they do and don't have, and if you don't know the processes they do and don't follow, you got nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. You pretty much have to start from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's it. Cool. Um, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Why did you push that button? Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate y'all listening, but we need to know that you're listening. So if you liked what you heard, give us a review on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, You can even send me an email. Somebody's emailed me before, dchambers at texasqa.com. Tell me what you think.